Welcome to the great podcast, y'all. Like, <laughs> this is really insane. If you guys don't know, my name is Jenica Boy. I'm health and hearing performance major um, at Berea College. Um, really, like, using the Ingrid app so that everyone can go and start recording. Because, um, you know, all of us got pretty much got evicted um, last week. So, um, yeah, and that's how we're going to bring out the content. And I'm going to let um, Ashley, and we also have a, um, a fellow uh, member, also Saab and Braid, I'm Aiden. Hey. Um, <laughs> I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll let um, everyone um, do their own inter- introductions, as this is like a really peculiar time for all of us, as well as pretty much everyone in the nation right now, perhaps the world pretty much too, so yeah. Okay. I'm Ashley Hunter. I'm an African and African American studies major with a law, ethics, and society minor. I'm calling from Kingsport, Tennessee right now because, you know, the quarantine. I'm in the Party for Socialism and Liberation, and I'm also in Braid and Socialists of Berea. Um, I'm Aiden Strunk. <laughs> I am not a student, but I am associated with Socialists of Berea. I sometimes work with Braid. Um, I am a Marxist-Leninist, since I don't have a, a major, <laughs> and uh, I'm currently calling from Berea, Kentucky. Um, we got to, unfortunately, because I'm married to a student, to stay here in our apartment, in our home in, in Berea. Oh, yeah, Tyrell's in the shot. Let's go. Tyrell, yeah, um, we just did um, our introduction, so um, we, we pretty much everyone did theirs, um, except for you, so I'll let you come in oh yeah okay so um i'm a now a sophomore at Berea <laughs> college i'm a um, psychology and biology double major and i am um a candidate for the party for socialism and liberation oh i should have said that too i'm also a candidate for the party for socialism and liberation oh yeah mm-hmm. i'll say that too i'm a candidate i'm not actually like in it in it but like yeah <laughs> <laughs> i always keep like short selling myself when it comes to um by doing a podcast episodes but now i'm junior wow i'm still kind of processing all this i'm really a junior right now a junior i'm healthy human performance major still chair of umbraid and yeah pretty much like as of um last week um at least in berea and like many schools throughout um the country pretty much like said a giant fiction notice in light of um um covid COVID-19 um, outbreak. Um, as of at least 5 o'clock, at least in the um, past hour, um, cases in the United States um, was close to... Um, please fact check me um, because I know the numbers probably have changed by now, but um, I think it was like close... I know worldwide, it was around like 303,000 known cases. Um... In terms of, like, yeah, so it's close to around, there's like less than 400 in the United States. Worldwide, I want to say it's like around 13. Um, at this point, so I know um, New York and California, um, also recently Ohio and um, Illinois have this through like stay at home mandates in each of those states. Essential businesses are only open and everyone. Like, just make sure, you know, wash your hands, make sure you're taking the proper classes needed in this time, because this is a very, um, I would call, peculiar times. This is really, like, interesting times that we're in, 
and there's a lot to talk about the social and political um, implications of this as well as implications for like college students and kids um, nationwide. So that's why I kind of start with that one here. Everyone else's like kind of intros um, in the midst of this um, pandemic right now. Oh, I was just going to answer you and say um, okay, the total cases in the U.S. right now is 15,219. And the current death toll is two, 201. 201? Yeah. Okay. That was like from the CDC. I was just looking at like the John Hopkins um, University. Because like they have recurring uh, numbers by the hour, but that was from the CDC. Correct? Yeah, that was from the CDC. That was as a Monday. Yeah, updated March twentieth. Uh, that would have been oh, March uh, okay. Friday. And it's most likely rose since then. Yeah, because it's continuously growing. Yeah. Well, and yeah. that's also we. That's also the number that we know with people who are being tested, and that, and then everybody's not being tested. Right. Yeah. Because like, yeah, um, both, um, like these um like kids are not even like these right. Just in Indiana, I know there's like only 400 people that got tested in the whole state, and like we know there's like a lot more people that um have that, and we got like our first death like not too long ago, um just. I would say I was like Tuesday or Wednesday, but like if I'm being honest, like the dates are kind of blurred when you're kind of like in quarantine. So it's yeah, it's I'm really hard to tell to like, the difference between the days. Yeah, like really, like time is really like a abstract concept at this point. I think we're finding out a lot of things are just abstract concepts that the government just makes up. <laughs> right, <laughs> everything yeah, to do with capitalism. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, like. If you guys even like, look through like my Twitter, like I've been having, because initially I didn't think I was we were going to end up like doing this episode because I was like playing it like before you know, maybe we had to pretty much like leave, and like I didn't want to talk about like the virus, but I didn't think it was going to be as drastic, you know. But it, I'm glad it glad it was, because like I'm looking at the John Hopkins cases specifically in the U.S. It's like thirty two thousand six hundred forty four. At least told, at least confirmed in the U.S. Worldwide is three hundred twenty-nine thousand eight hundred sixty-two. In terms of total deaths, world deaths is like fourteen thousand three hundred seventy-nine. Um, in terms of the United States, I think it says one seventy-six according to John Hopkins. One seventy-six yeah. for the U.S. Yeah, that's what they say. At least. Okay. And like I said, I mean, there was the example with um, West Virginia where they weren't reporting cases until like two or three days ago, but that's just because their health system was just extremely unprepared and had no tests whatsoever. And people who were showing symptoms weren't even allowed to get tests because they were considered low risk. And another thing on people not getting tested, I know in, I don't, I believe it's Seattle, but don't quote me on that. It's a big city in the United States, and all of their beds and ICU beds are already at full capacity, so they literally can't test other people. Right. That does mean, like, in cases just not only just throughout, like, the coastal area. So you're thinking, like, Washington, Oregon, um, California, New York, like, pretty much, like, major, like, hub, like, um, they're pretty much at, excuse me, full capacity as well. Um, I know that even like with school, trying to continue like the semester, it's tough. Like literally no one is thinking about school right now. No one's thinking thinking about trying to get all this like work done. So like it's really it's really a stressful time not only for us as students, um, but just like everyone, including like professors and faculty, like no one's really thinking about all this right now. But 
because I know like in places like um, Howard and um, other universities that are trying, the students are trying to push for like just pass fail um, policies um, because just like trying to have school regular schedule is kind of hard to do, but at the same time is also kind of necessary considering like this is like the first time this has ever happened, like have, having at this scale, it's, a, it's just a tough situation to have. And I know everyone's trying to do the best they can, but we also have to keep in mind that like livelihoods are at stake here. People are unemployed. I know there was some um, number um, that Goldman Sachs, I believe, we were trying to predict it was like around the unemployment rate could reach up to like 30%. And it might have been like a bad number as well that like we're really in the midst of a total economic collapse. Exactly. And um, I know yesterday during our call, they were, um, they said the anticipation for unemployment by the end of this will be around 20%. And if you don't know mm-hmm. how, like what scale that is, think about the Great Depression and the Great Depression unemployment rate was 25%. So that's how bad yeah. it could get. Right, right, right. Uh, Aiden Tyrell, do you have anything else to add? Um, I mean, as far as that uh, goes, I mean, I think um, <clears throat> this is both an uneasy time and both a a great time for the working class. I mean, Lennon um, talks about how the conditions for revolution are a a crisis in which the bourgeoisie and proletariat can no longer live in the old state of life. And while it's scary and we're all fighting for our lives, this is also a great time of economic change that also can be used to our advantage because it's really going to point, because I mean, we already have seen it, that it's pointing out the inherent flaws in our system and what, which is what's causing it to be so much harder on us, particularly here in the U S I was writing like a lot of my, my notes down on my Twitter because I was trying to conceptualize everything that's going on. I feel like a lot of lessons that are like learned from all this is that like internet access is a public utility. It's not something that can be commodified on um, the need for just, you know, by basics, um, pretty much like the bare minimum when it comes to like, housing for all, um, universal health care, um, like public education, the need to like cancel all st- uh, student loan debt. Um, and just like the myriad of things that um, just come for like a basic society is well needed. And today, like this is also a great time for political education and the virus and like the pandemic that's around it will radicalize people. Like there's no if, answer, buts about it. And it's like also us as like principal like MLs or just a left overall to capture that and like try to do like the best that we can to teach people as well. Exactly. Um, I was telling my cousin yesterday that if you've been holding back about like learning about socialism or you've not been sure about it, I think now is the best time if you want to get involved to join a um, socialist organization because we need solidarity now more than ever just to combat the coronavirus. And um, also, if you look, it's not the government that's been helping us get through these times as far as like mutual aid and like food assistance. It's been revolutionary organizations. I was going to add on to to Ashley talking about mutual aid. And she was talking about our call for the PSL, which was the national call for the party. And they were talking about mutual aid and how, 
in times like these, mutual aid can't just be mutual aid. It has to be education. We have to be th handing out things like pamphlets. We have to, with giving help, we also have to be political and letting people know what we stand for other than just giving them help because that's what's also going to help radicalize people. Because if we are participating in these mutual aids and we're also educating people, it's showing we're actually in these in the streets helping these people while also educating them. Exactly. Um, Tyrell, do you have anything else to add? No, I think that's all great. I just think I would add um, that it shows that capitalism, just we could work from home. Like a lot of the things that he said, like working from home is impossible. You'll never be able to get it done. Well, now we're sending people home in mass droves and it's working just fine. And so with school, like a lot of stuff can just be done online. I think that adds to your whole thing about internet should be a utility and not just some form of privilege that it's being seen as. Yeah, because like, like, like I said before, since we're in the midst of a total economic collapse and a whole like global pandemic, like political education and like radicalizing people and just like organizing even through online, even though it's not the same as like going to the field. Like in the midst, of, like we most likely from like state to state, even why might have a whole lockdown. I think the importance of like social media and like online organizing will be very crucial during these times. And like we already seen and we already talked about this in our last episode about like the blame xenophobia and racist and just like the anti China like landscape, not only from like President Trump, but also, just from like U.S. media, things like China and all and other socialist projects, just it's like places like China, Vietnam, Iran, and Cuba, and like their responses to the virus is much, is twenty times like infinity times better um, than um, pretty much the capitalist hubs of the world from the U.S. and the West. Like when China is actually like sending like smuggles um, supplies to Iran. And Vietnam pretty much um, almost containing um, the virus in, in their land. And Cuba sent doctors to um, place um, Cuba, um, sending um, their doctors to um, Brazil and Italy, and um, <clears throat> yeah, Brazil and Italy to um, combat the virus um, over there. And which I view like those countries and their actions as a, a beacon of hope uh, in the midst of like stars right now and even like seeing like um guys mentioned that like working at home which is pretty much a like request and desire for a lot of disabled folks that aren't aren't able to come to the day workplace and like having like their accommodations actually be um brought in the limelight and usually the like, bosses would um kind of like, disregard that but like since we're in pandemic somehow all the like, accommodations that are, are fought for by disabled folks are now starting to fall into place. And we see, like, it's really this regard for, like, houseless folks and indigenous people in the midst of this pandemic. Even, like, paid sick leave and, like, this unstimulus pack package that um, Congress is currently um, uh, conducting um, and trying to write our legislation currently is clearly not enough. And this is only going to be, like, one-time payment. It's not going to be, like, a recurring thing because, like, people are... are Still have to still have to pay their rent. Still have to pay their mortgage. They still got um, pay bills in the midst of this crisis, where like people are getting laid off in droves, and like this is there's like no going back to normalcy. There simply isn't. Like the contradictions of capitalism are too great for anyone to simply like disregard. 
And a lot of people say that capitalism is a public health crisis and the coronavirus is just a, a symptom to like the or incompetent system that is capitalism. And like we've seen like pretty much a too low to late response from both the West and, and the US. Like for instance, prison labor, like in New York, uh, has been used to like produce hand sanitizer and like not getting paid leave and some of the things that I've mentioned. Like it's just like how dystopian the US is and that uh, we will like talk about this a little bit later, but like electoral politics and it's missed right now would not save us and the government not save us. Like we just have to educate, agitate, and organize to build community together to eventually destroy the, all the capitalist hubs in the world and starting with the United States. Exactly. Um, one more thing, you mentioned um, houseless people and mm-hmm. by ordering houseless people to self-quarantine, it's really insensitive because they literally don't have anywhere to self-quarantine. Right. So I wanted to point out this thing in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. People have actually been like occupying houses similar to the Moms for Housing in Oakland. Right. And they're actually receiving a lot of support from um, organizations such as the National Lawyers Guild. And they've actually promised to represent all of the people mm-hmm. if they are arrested for it. And I just think that's a good form of direct action other than saying that we should have a rent strike. Right. Um, I was going to add, and you, uh, <clears throat> go ahead. I'm agreeing with Ashley. Um, even like, like we mentioned before, like, um, both like revolutionary organizations like Black Hammer and, um, People's Breakfast Oakland, um, have been doing a phenomenal job in like trying to get uh, like the essentials for houseless people in, um, Oakland and Atlanta. And that pretty much like mutual aid is pretty much like saving people. It's not necessarily like what the government is is really doing it's literally everything's been community led and kind of like illustrates the need to actually care for each other and that capitalism is not just an economic system it's a cultural and a social system as well um where when you see like mass shortages like left to right in like walmarts and targets and um kroger kroger kroger's um, nationwide um just because of like this like individualistic like mindset like I need to get mines. I need to, like, start hoarding stuff. There's no, like, considerations for, like, one another. And, like, in this time right now, you see, like, more, like, intercommunalism um, that's, like, starting to, like, surface in the States because it's, it's needed. It's necessary. But um, I'll let um, finish. That's my Oh, point. you're fine. No, I was just I, – I, uh, you added a great point that I was going to build off of now. Um, <clears throat> and that you're right. I mean, these flaws and these inherent – um, breaks in capitalism are a societal systemic problem. And I think what's so different between countries like other capitalist countries and socialist countries like Cuba, Vietnam, and China is that healthcare is seen there as not only just a right, but a, it's the society's duty to provide health to the, to that, to the people. It's the society's, and it's not only the society's duty to provide health to their people, but we've also seen the solidarity in socialist countries in the way of health is a priority around the world, not just at home, but uh, abroad as well. With China, um, there has been many, China sent many aid packages to many different countries, um, including the U.S. and Italy, and Cuba sending doctors, um, etc. This the the level of solidarity and care for humanity 
is unprecedented and something that we just don't see here in the U.S. Right, exactly. And um, one like one thing um, that like I want to add to that is that China is also like uh, same as it applies to Iran, where um, I saw like statistic um, like this morning about um, like fifty like Iranians um, that like could possibly be like affected like by each day. And how like the outbreak there is pretty much like gone a rapid just due to U.S. sanctions, not only Iran but also in Bolivia, Venezuela, especially in this time of need. And there's like a there needs to be a much put a big push to uh, remove U.S. sanctions um, against these countries because it's crippling people. And we've said, said this before, like even from like not only beginning this podcast but um, even. Like as personal leftists, that like san- sanctions kill. Like sanctions not only cripple um, the economy, but also like uh, cripples um, people's access to food and medical supplies and things that actually uh, run uh, economy that is actually beneficial to ex countries people. And the fact that like the U.S. is trying to build more sanctions in Iran just shows you how genocidal, downright. Yeah, it's like it's, it's inhumane to even like consider like sanctions, especially in a pandemic like this, and even calls to for like retributions to like China for like not letting the U.S. know sooner. Even though there have been reports that China and like parents by the World Health Organization uh, were trying to sound the alarm back in January, and there have been reported cases like even before then in November. It just illustrates how like the U.S. will absolve itself of any sort of accountability or responsibility at all, and just the straight denialism that's, like, embedded in not only, like, patriotism, but just, like, American nationalism. It's important to, like, note that, um, even in the uh, midst of not only this pandemic, but even, like, when everything kind of sort of dies down, um, it's important to um, not let this sort of violence and just downright crimes against humanity essentially be unchecked and that's kind of like what i'm kind of like going at in terms of like not only foreign policy but what the u.s is still being damn near genocidal same with israel as well yeah i would just add um the point of cuba like literally already practically has a vaccine for the virus and they're trying to work with china to you know actually get it out and about but due to sanctions on cuba they're having a hard time getting materials in to build the vaccine and then also having a hard time trying to get it out to China. But they've already brought it to Italy in small cases to um, give it out and see if it works. And I don't know if you guys have heard anything about it, but it's kind of a race between right now China and every other socialist country versus America to see who would get the first vaccine. So they can, if the U.S. gets it, they'll patent it and try to sell it for money. While if China gets it, they're more than likely give it out and patent and give it out for free. So right. we see how the United States, a capitalist country, treats healthcare versus these socialist countries very well. One more thing I wanted to add on is, um, well, Aiden may be able to speak on this better than I can, but what we've seen, again, with mutual aid relates to the Maoist belief that the masses are fully capable of taking steps for their own well-being instead of relying on the capitalist system. And I just think that's something that we should all be looking towards moving 
um, towards in the future, even after the um, coronavirus outbreak is over, if it ever is going to be over? Um, I mean, as far as as far as that go, I mean, there's been many cases where things that smart out start out small can turn into huge movements. I mean. the movements that happened in the past, for example, like the Vietnam, um, the Vietnam Revolution, I mean, started, I, re- I remember listening to the pod- a podcast about it, and I remember them saying it started out with, like, three men and a couple of pistols and an AR-15, some, like, a, a minuscule amount of people and, like, three guns. The time of, like, a couple of years had overtaken uh, a, cap- a, ca- a capitalist uh, uh, puppet state. And the same thing in China, a small band of revolutionaries grew with mass support to overthrow um, their government and their chains. So, I mean, you don't need the support of the government because we've seen that people time and time again in the past have risen up and taken care of themselves and said, we can do it better than you can because you're doing shit for us. Exactly, exactly. And also, like, to kind of like muster everything together, like, like we, like we seen like the U.S. responses to this when you had the Fed like pumping in like a trillion dollars a day, and initially like, um, like as of like March like seventeenth, like two trillion, um, dollars really down drain to like help the stock market and like major corporations, um, pretty much like ease their um, well ease their, like investors um worries about the virus, where like easily that money could help, that money could easily like cancel student loan debt. That money could easily, like, help, like, mass-produce, like, the medical supplies that are needed, where pretty much, like, the whole healthcare system is pretty much damn near crippling because, like, it's, like, reaches, like, mass capacity. Like, and if you compare that to China, where, like, they literally built, like, two hospitals within a week and a half. You can tell, like, the priorities, like, with the U.S. is still, like, trying to, like, um, make money, like off of a pandemic uh, while social projects like China being um, Cuba, um, et cetera, are actually trying to like contain the virus as well as building it. Um, well, at least like building revolution and still building solidarity within that as well. Yeah, on top of that, um, when the government is actually giving us this supposed $1,000, I one of my favorite posts I've been seeing a lot on my own Facebook is that this money is actually more for people um like landlords mm-hmm. and not for actual the people because they'll be having to give this out to their landlord instead of you know actually keeping it for themselves so it doesn't really help us it's more like a way of them getting us through another month of rent and the correct response for this should be you know having a complete rent free rent freeze at all and not having any evictions done during this crisis I definitely think right. my favorite thing about this pandemic is all of the landlord tears, though. Them crying because they're because everybody's called. Oh yes. Uh, rent to be called off, and they're like, "How are we gonna pay our mortgages?" And people are like, "Get a real job, <laughs> right?" <laughs> yeah, and what's wild is that like um, the DNC was still like conducting like the primaries, like even in the midst of like this pandemic, and like. Um, just like the whole like like mainstream media like pretty much like after I think it was like March seventeenth, um, yeah it was like March seventeenth. That's when the primaries were. Um, sorry, at least in um, Arizona, Florida, and um, not Ohio, just like they postponed it to like June, 
second, but um, it was Illinois. And um, honestly, like, as much as, like, we don't care about electoral politics, um, the fact that primaries were even held in the midst of a global pandemic is, is criminal. And honestly, like, those results that came in would be, would be considered, well, they're Ill- illegitimate and pretty much grounds for voter suppression. Because if you have to consider, um, every college student is at home right now. And most of them, like, register, like, like within um, the state in which, like, they go to school at. And they couldn't cast their ballot. And plus, consider, like, we're, most of us are, like, literally told to, like, stay at home and not go anywhere. And you're pretty much, like, putting, like, risk to everyone um, to get affected with the virus to, like, go into these polling places. Even, like, the, like, mass media and their, like, framing of this, like, shows that, like, they need to get behind Joe Biden. Pretty much saying, like, this race is over in the midst of this crisis and everything. Where where has this man been, like, ever since, like, <laughs> afterwards? Like, er, like, he's been MIA. While, like, Bernie, he's pretty much, like, He's pretty much like the compromise. Isn't he the only um, one who to, um, to said that the primary should be clo- primary should be closed during this outbreak? Yeah, I believe so. But um, like even because I said like Bernie's like considered like the compromise, and even like us as like leftists who don't really like care much about American electoral politics in terms of like his legitimacy. Like, it shows that the ruling class and the, the Dem establishment are willing to take another election. It works the lives of colonized and marginalized people, like, to pretty much, like, stop the compromise. That's, like, Bernie. And pretty much, like, go against, like, the bare minimums that we're asking for. I've been thinking about Michael, uh, Michael Max and the wolf and the fox um, metaphor. And that's how I kind of view, like, Trump and Biden as the wolf and the um, fox. He was, like, pretty much, like, talking about them specifically and illustrates pretty much, like, the illegitimacy of a neocolonial, no, neoliberal, excuse me, um, electoral politic. And it shows us, like, time and time again that they're willing to um, be violent against colonized peoples and marginalized folks domestically and abroad. Another thing, although I don't participate in electoral politics, I just want to like give Bernie Sanders a shout out because um, while Joe Biden has been MIA, he's as of yesterday, he's raised over $2 million in the last 48 hours just for um, charities to help the coronavirus outbreak. And like, like I said before, Bernie is considered like the compromise in terms of like maintaining, like uh, maintaining the system and maintaining the status quo. And, like, capitalism will do whatever it can to assist in conceding to, like, social democracy for long-term survival. And I want, like, everyone to keep this in mind in the coming weeks and months, especially when, like, the Trump administration are trying to implement, like, things like Medicare for All and, um, like, universal housing and things like that. Because we might see, like, an uprise in, like, eco-fascism as, like, we've seen, like, kind of, like, posts throughout social media about, like, rivers are starting to clear up, like, just because of, like, the... Because of the like, quarantine? Due to, like, social distancing. Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, sort of, like, us humans are the problem, but, like, that's just a dangerous um, precedent in terms of not only just eco-fascism, but also having this nihilistic bringing up, like, humans are a problem. No, like, capitalism and the way that, like, um, the ruling class structure society, that is the problem. Yeah. It's not just, like, humans are a problem. And because Dodge, 
like really slowly because ego fascists will like start destroying like indigenous lands for example we see that in brazil we see it in australia and even in you know in the u.s too and pretty sure i blame um colonized people um and those are those are the people who are going to be in the brunt of um, ego fascism as well. I definitely agree. I was going to say I have a lot of that, and I and I tell people this a lot of uh, a lot of the time is more of a joke than anything. But I mean, there's no ethical consumption under capitalism. Meaning, things like personal contribution to climate change is almost negligible. What's really contributing to climate changes are, are huge corporations like Coca-Cola, et cetera, whatever corporation you want to, you want to name out there are the people who are, are actually causing our serious problems. Not to say that we shouldn't try to live green and, you know, take care of our, take care of the planet, but to say that we, us not using plastic bags isn't going to stop climate change. It's destroying capitalism is what's going to save us. Yeah, and also like to add that like the U.S. military is also like the biggest polluter um, in the world in terms of like contributing to climate change as well. And that climate change and imperialism are still like tied together and that like in order to like actually like combat climate change, you got to combat um, imperialism as well. I just wanted to highlight that although like we're in a time of crisis, people will do anything to preserve capitalism. So here's a little fun fact, or it's on an unrelated note, but um, Universal Studios is actually releasing the movies that would typically be in theaters, but they're charging $20 to rent the movies. Right. I just think that's crazy. Well, right. I mean, people are going to find a new way to profiteer <laughs> off of capital or off of anything, even pandemics and people's death. And like even in the UK, um, you, you see the UK government actually like investing like in coffins and like spaces for like mores to to prepare for like the mass amount of death that's going to happen in the UK instead of like, you know, medical supplies and actually like trying to provide the needs of like their citizens. They're, they're rather like invest more than death and violence and um, pretty much the subjugation of the rule of the, um, excuse me, the um, proletariat rather than build like building and trying to like contain the virus. I was going to say, I think, the, I think the most frustrating thing is that this virus, at least in America, could be like if we had a government like China, if we had a government like the DPRK, if we had a government like Vietnam we wouldn't be near as bad as we are today because the pro- protocols and things that we could do in an in instant to make this crisis better are so easy and so simple that China and these places have been doing it for years and we just refuse to because we're capitalist and that people are going to die because, we, because the government refuses to take steps to actually save their lives. And instead, because, you know, they could nationalize um, the, they could nationalize right. companies and produce and mass produce the machinery and equipment needed to save lives. They could do. They can make Medicare for all. It's with completely possible, but it's just they refuse to, and so they're consciously letting letting people die. That's like the one thing that I know that most people are going to like have that conclusion. And even like when we mentioned about like the Fed and how they're pretty much like pumping money. Um, like, there's no excuse of, like, when, I like, the talking point is, like, how are you going to pay for all, all this? How are you going to, like, um, pay for something like a Medicare for all system, a single-payer system, or, like, even for the housing and 
like arranging student loan debt. Like the money is there. It's just the the will or like the gross negligence um, of like the U.S. in not implementing these policies. Like it's just as simple as that. And I think like I'm hopeful, but I'm also like weary of like the weeks and months ahead um, because even though like like us is like let's just like like want to see like solution happen now this is like the perfect time to do it Marx and Engels also talk about like there could be the opposite effect towards fascism and like I know when I said then that fascism is just capitalism and decay and we could see the US like fall into that so it's just like something to like keep in mind in the coming weeks and months, like as um, things start to get worse. Right. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask. This is kind of um, on a different topic, but I have two questions. Mm-hmm. The first is, um, what are you? How do you guys feel about um, Maria's response to the coronavirus? And then the second is, how are you guys dealing at home as far as like l- just living in quarantine? <laughs> Um, okay. Um, I know in terms of Bree's response, I mean, now in hindsight, like, it was the right response, and I appreciate, like, how swift everything um, has been. Well, in terms of, like, getting everyone out and just taking precautionary measures, like, even though it was, like, so sudden, I think it was, like, necessary considering uh, how, like, naturally things were starting to turn for the worse. Um I do, like, appreciate, like, the help that, like, Bree College has done in terms of getting everyone out and that sort of thing. Um, right. Yeah, in terms of, like, the way, like, classes are going to be structured, I know it's usually by the discretion of, like, the professor, but I feel like it should have been campus-wide policy in terms of having pass-fail, um, a pass-fail policy implemented because it doesn't feel like the same work being done. It doesn't feel right and people are not taking account that people have jobs to go to people are dealing with a lot of things back home and um it's definitely like a crazy time for all of us and just worrying about like a measly assignment is not in everyone's mind right now as i mentioned um in the beginning of the podcast so that's kind of like where i'm at right now in terms of like me being at home it's been it's been hard i'm just trying to get work done trying to be productive um, I got some work done, which was okay, but just being stuck up, stuck up in a house is kind of tough, but I've been trying to get through it through like my reading, like reading some books in my mini library that I have, um, just trying to like stay occupied, um, and just constantly learning and like sleeping <laughs> a lot. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I guess I can go next. Um, if you're done, JJ. Uh, I agree with you in the fact that uh, Berea did have the right response um, and that I was glad that they did it as swiftly as they did. But on the other hand, I think what could have been done better is the internal dialogue before it came up to the public and the student body. I think I think they didn't they should have been preparing for this in advance or at least should have at least been talking about it when it was at least a possibility and should have been trying to think about what that would look like if that ever became a possibility. And I think, and two, uh, they didn't get it out to everybody who needed to know, especially heads of like 
departments and professors and just people who were completely unprepared and had like days to completely change an entire school the rest of the semester. I think on one hand, they definitely didn't do enough internal fig configuration before they released it. But other than that, I mean, I think they did, they did do the right thing. Um, and I, and I definitely think they may, they may, might've, it might've been better to give students more time and more preparation, um, as far as that goes. And as far as living situation, um, we're doing okay. Um, like I said, I'm living still, I'm still on Berea's campus, quote unquote, cause we live in the eco village, which is technically off campus for tax reasons, but we're considered on campus according to the college. Um, and it's okay. Uh, everything's really quiet here since you, since all of you guys left. Um, campus is literally a ghost town. Um, I think I went to the library and saw two people, um, at one point <laughs> cause I was printing out some stuff. Um, uh, and not much has changed, uh, kind of, uh, kind of an introvert. So we were all, we were at home a lot. So it's not been too bad. I'm lucky though, that I'm with my partner instead of my parents. Cause I feel for a lot of, a lot of you guys yeah. who had to go back home to their parents. I mean, it's, it's not bad. Like not my parents awesome. are really supportive, but I just um, know that's not the case for everybody. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. And I don't want to like belittle that or anything like that. Um, I know like in terms like for me, it's, it's really, really tough. And in terms of like, response, I 100% agree with you, Aiden. Um, it's because, like, on campus that I'm a TA. And I like, just trying to, like, figure out the rest of the semester and while my classes was really hard to do. And in terms of, like, trying to get everyone out, yeah, it's, like, commendable. But it would have been nice, um, like you said, like, the internal configuration between, like, professors and, like, the rest of the staff could have been a lot better. Because, like, everyone knew. Right. Well, and when everything came time. out, everyone was just everyone as confused and nobody had information because they were still figuring it out, too. So, like, everybody was, like, emailing all these different offices and they're like, we don't know what to tell you because we don't know what's going on either. So, I mean, that, yeah. that's just, yeah. Yeah, we can say that. Also, yes. And, like, we, we can, like, you know, turn back the wheels of time and, like, have it, um, have everything go on a lot more smoother. And that I wish everyone wished that was the case and but like in the midst of like something that like we don't know what's going to happen within the next few days because like everything is going fast in real time in hindsight like, overall we did well but at the same time like it would been nice to have like better communication um considering that if it was something that they were considering while we were on break then it would been nice to get a heads up before then I agree with both of you guys. Um, I think that the response was, well, why, while it could have been handled in a different way, now looking back on it, I see that it was good for all of us to go home just for um, quarantine purposes. But also, I remember that first day, and I was just like going around saying, like, I'm not going home. I'm just going to stay on campus. And I remember talking to JJ, and he's like, well, you kind of have to. But any, <laughs> and, um, but, I really, I like how they've been helping people with finances as far as they paid for people's plane tickets. They're, um, they, I believe like they advanced yeah. their checks and that was good. And yeah, they've just been really supportive. They've been sending out those emails every day to get us the most information that they have. And as far as being at home, I've been kind of struggling with managing my time. It's not that I have a lot of work because my workload has like significantly decreased but 
it's mostly about like I used to value my um self by my productivity and now that I'm not doing anything I've kind of just been trying to relearn what I value myself with so that's something new but I'm just getting used to living at home and working from home it's a struggle but yeah like I feel like that's like (laughs) for everyone as well and like the fact that like my um, public library like was pretty much shut down too because like for me I like for me it's hard to work at home because like when I think of like going home it's like my place to like rest it's like like, I read like get my life together like just kind of decompress from like school is not really like a place for me like I can sing out work so I usually go to the library to get all my work done but now it's like closed down I'm I have to force myself to um actually like get down and work um even and like now this is like completely opposite. Like, I feel like I have like a giant workload now. Um, now that I'm home, um, since I, I have like labs to do, but now I can't. Uh-huh. But it's kind of hard to do labs at home, so like I can't really do that. But at least like the, and especially like I feel sorry for like a lot of STEM H majors that um, have to like figure out more hands-on courses that they have to do. How do we manage that during that during at home? Because it's kind of hard to try to get observation hours, especially if you're um, in like physical therapy, occupational PAs, and doctors, and all that, and just trying to practice like real life skill work um, at home. Minus um, like my life in human development class, for example. Just like for me, I just had to get my readings, do my like papers on on them and then two more assignments I'm pretty much set while it's like my exercise physiology class is pretty much and my care prevention class as well like doing like the actual um like life skill work especially like if you're going to be like a leg trainer it's a lot harder to do at home um versus like being in the classroom so that's it's a giant adjustment for all of us and and it's definitely something to keep in mind um, for like a lot, not only like STEM, STEM age majors, but also like everyone as well who has like more hands-on courses as well. Right. And um, I forgot to update you guys, but Tyrell isn't on here anymore because he had an AirPods oh, malfunction. No. <laughs> but he's with yeah, us in yeah, spirit. I, I kind of, yeah, I kind of <laughs> know it's like halfway, but um, <laughs> at least like... I got this like halfway, but like I knew I was going to like try like talk to them right afterwards. But um, yeah, like do you guys have anything else before we close down? Yeah, I'm not doing anything in my house. So if you guys want to talk Marxist theory, or hit me up theory, anytime, girl. You know I will <laughs> talk to you about Marxist Leninism, Marxism Leninism all day. <laughs> of course, of course. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Like. Like I'm, a, I'm gonna just like close real quick, but um, I'm glad I'm glad that we actually got to do this. Actually, spend like pretty much like almost an hour on talking to you guys is really refreshing. Hearing hearing y'all's voices because honestly, like like this is ter- this, this sucks for everyone, and it is glad at least like to hear um all of y'all and actually like talking about like what's going on, and I really appreciate. 
I really, I really just appreciate it. So I just want to thank you guys. Um, you can find us um, wherever you get your favorite podcast, wherever Spotify, App, Apple Music, not Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, um, Google Podcasts, Anchor, etc. Um, and also like uh, stay stay tuned. If you just want to learn more about like uh, Marxist theory or just like anything else going on in our lives, um, my Instagram and Twitter is um, jkiboy7, J-K-I-B-O-I-7. And also um, my snap is jkiboy2. If you guys have, like, any questions or any book or film recommendations as well. Um, and you can also um, like the Braid, um, the Braid Facebook page. Um, is um, be is pretty much like Braid, but in dots in between. Um and also um, follow Sob on their Instagram page, um, called on Socials of Berea. Um, and yeah, yeah, I just want to thank everyone and hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Uh, thank you so much for having me, JJ and Ashley and everybody. Thanks, you, letting, yeah, thanks for letting me be here. And uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you guys have like any like uh, places? Yeah, um, I have. Uh, I have Snap. It's Aiden277 at Snap. And then if you have any questions about uh, Marxism-Leninism or theory or pra- praxis or whatever other questions you want to ask about what's going on, I also have Facebook at Aiden Strunk. And you can just, sorry, A-Y-D-E-N-S-T-R-U-N-K. Okay. Okay. And um, I'm on Facebook. It's just Ashley Hunter. And then my Instagram is underscore Ashley Hunter underscore. And I actually started a second Instagram page a few d- days ago that I, you, you won't find much on it right now, but it's called Decolonize the Law. And I'm going to start posting um, things about the law on there if you want to follow me on that. And then my Snapchat is xashley period Renee X. Okay. okay. And you said <laughs> xashley dot Renee X. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, thank you everyone for listening to this. Um, this is episode four. Yeah, this is actually episode four. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Really, the days have really gone by. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for um, listening. And and I forgot to like mention like my Facebook. It's just like Jajika Boy J D J J K I B O I. Um, if you have any other um, questions as well, and thank you, and hope to hear from you guys soon. Peace. Bye. Bye, y'all.